Introducing Wondersuite from Bluehost.com. Website creation is hard, but now with Bluehost, you can answer a few simple questions about your business and get a unique WordPress website or store right away. From there, you can customize your design, colors, and content. And Bluehost automatically helps you get found in search engines like Google and Bing. From step-by-step guidance to suggested plugins, Bluehost makes WordPress wonderful for everyone. Go to bluehost.com slash wondersuite. Hello and welcome back to OzBiz Live from our Brangaroo Studios. It has just gone midday Eastern Standard Time. That means this is the call, 10 stocks picked by you. That I put to an expert panel. We do it all in one hour on this Wednesday, the 17th of August. Uh, terrific show light up, great bunch of stock, terrific panel. Let's bring them in straight away. Carl Kapalinga from Fleet Markets in over in the West. Carl, welcome. Good to see you. Thanks, Koshi. Great to be here. Uh, hey, I just had a few, few days off in Kalbarri up north. Koshi, beautiful place. I'm not sure if you've been out there. No, I haven't. What's the attraction of Kalbarri? Ah, uh, that's that you, you would have seen it all the, all the WA postcards, the nature's window, you know, that oh. big sort of uh, rock with the circle okay. in it. Oh, looking yes, out I know. The, the Murchison, oh, yeah, Murchison, lovely. the gorge there, beautiful okay. spot. All Definitely right. recommended if you. Thank you, Carl. WA Tourism Ambassador. WA Tourism Ambassador. Good of you uh, to do that. But uh, Michael Wayne from Mandadium Financial is about to trump you. He's just back from his four-week honeymoon to Morocco, Ah. Sicily, Croatia, (laughs) Italy, and in that time the market's gone up. So, Michael, do you want to go back? I think so. It was looking pretty dark when we left and all of a sudden things are looking a lot healthier. So that's a a good reason for people to go on holiday and refresh, particularly in the post-COVID world. But it's good to be back. Absolutely. Good to have you back from the honeymoon. Um, So let's hope the the markets continue that honeymoon period. The the summer rebound in the Northern Hemisphere, we're down just a touch um, so far today in the trading day on this Wednesday overnight, of course, the Dow up, tech stocks down. Um, first five stocks we're going to have a look at today in Group, Stanmore, Templer, Webster, Jumbo Interactive, GWA Group. That's a fair mixture of stocks, isn't it? It's terrific. Can't wait for the analysis on the guys. Um, I pick a stock of the day. I've been a bit cheeky today considering it's earnings season. I thought I'd do a quick fire double. Uh, CSL and Santos uh, both reporting this morning. CSL's full year net profit dropped 6% on the previous year, coming in at $2.2 billion compared with 2.3 previously. Um, still feeling the pinch of weak plasma collections in the first half, though growth in collections has been strengthening as the pandemic recedes. CSL expects the high cost of plasma will continue through to the next financial year, is also committed uh, to providing guidance uh, to include the CSL VIFOR at the uh, first opportunity. Shareholders will see a final dividend of $1.18 US per share. Uh, Carl, what did you think of um, CSL's update and what do you think of the stock at the moment? 
Yeah, a little bit more of the same, isn't it? It's the same narrative we've been hearing from CSL for, well, 18 months, really, is that you're struggling. Uh, well, not struggling on the plasma collections. That's getting better. I mean, if you look at the the, the, the second half of uh, the, well, the first half of this year, of course, uh, getting better from the half before that. Uh, well, one of the problems, Koshi, is that they're having to pay a little bit more to get your donors in the US to come in and give yeah. the blood. So that's a reflection of the very strong labour market there because, you know, historically it's it's your lower income earners or, or unemployed people that will go in, uh, give the blood and, and get uh, paid by CSL on, on the way out. Works for the person, works for CSL. But of course, you know, employment is so high there, wages are, are going up, um, it's, it's harder to attract those people. And looking forward, uh, well, maybe, uh, you know, a, a misstep in the US economy could actually work in CSL's favour. Um, and maybe that's where we're headed, to be fair. I mean, a technical recession right now, who who knows? I mean, they'll, they'll tell us what they think it is after the fact. Um, the other part of it was the uh, Securus, which is the flu vaccines, and that's still pumping. So yep. same, same. I, th- I think where the market got a little bit upset is just on that cost line. Otherwise, it was largely in line. And I suspect you, you t- uh, talk about uh, congratulations, by the way, Michael, on, on your, uh, your nuptials there. Uh, but I suspect... <laughs> um, the, the, oh, was it? Yes. I, I, of course it was. We'll talk about travel later on and some, <laughs> some of those issues. But I suspect um, the, the price probably ran ahead of this uh, this, right. uh, this update, I'd say, and, and we're just getting a little bit of a pullback. Uh, look, we, we've had a buy on it for a little while. I'm happy to go a hold. It does do a little bit of damage to the chart. That's what I'm worried about. Um, supply... A supply event like this is not a bad thing if you can come back from it very quickly. And that's the bit I need to see. So right. I'll look, a hold, ask, ask yeah. me in a week's time sort of thing. Okay. I can go hold, yeah. All right, I'll make a note of that. Uh, Michael? Yeah, the numbers were, were, like those headline numbers at least, were pretty mixed in terms of beats and misses, but it wasn't yeah. a disaster result at all on the headline numbers. Um, the market, I think, obviously cost was one of the little issues that I think the market's a little bit frustrated with, but also the fact that Guidance is still excluding the recent acquisition of that um, Vibor company, yep. which will give them access to the renal disease market. So, look, it is good to see, obviously, the recovery trajectory of the plasma business continue. They're opening, I think, another 26, or have opened another 26 collection centres, so that will enable them to keep that momentum going, you would think. Um, we've liked this one for, for a long, long time. Yep. Um, we've been buying clients into it fairly recently, and, look, for the last six months, we've probably been buying it. Um, however... It's look. It's still the, one of the highest quality businesses on the yep. ASX. Still guiding for seven to eleven percent revenue growth next year for a company of that size. It is very impressive. The earnings guidance, I think, was a bit below market expectations, right. but they do have a tendency to underpromise and then overdeliver. Ratchet those those forecasts up as the year goes on. So we'll be happy to buy it. I wouldn't rush out and buy it today. I'll right. probably wait a couple of days Turn just to, to see. Hold, hold yeah, hold like for the Carl. next few days just yep. to see the analysts, how they come out and what they say and just how that puts okay. pressure on the stocks in the next couple of days. All right, the other stock I want to sneak in today was Santos. Uh, underlying profit in its first half year results turning over $1.2 billion compared with $317 million in the previous period as the price of energy skyrocketed. Uh, it maintains its sales volume guidance range for the full year. Production guidance also remains steady. Santos provided an update on a number of its projects, saying it's in advanced discussions for the sale of a 5% stake in its PNG LNG project, declared an interim dividend of 7.6 cents a share. Michael, what do you think of the, uh, the Santos result? Yeah, it's another company that we hold for clients. Um, I thought it was an OK result. 
It's a, a bit of a year of missed opportunity for Santos uh, shareholders, I think, just because the oil price has been so buoyant, the LNG yep. price has even been more incredible. So for, for whatever reason, the market hasn't really got too excited for Santos, even though it's in the best shape as a business that it's been in, yep. in the last you know couple of decades, probably, just given that the, the debt is well and truly down. Um, obviously, they did the large-scale acquisition of oil search. Um, they're obviously still going through the process of incorporating and embedding that down. So that might be what has distracted or, or at least reduced some interest in the company. Um, but there are a play on the LNG theme. You'd have to think that demand will increase. Um, at the moment, that Narrabri gas project's probably worth zero on the balance sheet. At yep. least investors are attributing zero value to it. So if they can get that fast-tracked, that should offer them some upside as well. So. As far as energy companies goes and energy exposure, we're happy to hold Santos and we'll be comfortable in buying it now if you want that energy exposure. Okay. Um, Carl, what do you think of Santos? Yeah, I think look, we've had a sell on it for a little while now, just uh, on the basis that it's kind of Woodside's poor cousin at the moment. I think Woodside is where the quality is in terms of their assets and their exposure to export markets, whereas Santos is more of a domestic LNG play, and LNG is where, where the opportunity is. All prices more recently have come down, so we're yeah. talking sort of 90s now, not 120s. Uh, and my tip, I've been on Osbys many times telling viewers that I, I do expect lower oil prices ahead as the Saudis do uh, increase production. The thing about oil, Koshi, is that when yeah. oil prices are up, the Saudis can't see to produce much of it but when all prices are down the saudis can produce plenty of it they find all the production you need right so all prices heading down you, you'll find the saudis all of a sudden the spigot start to start to loosen um so look a little bit bearish on oil a little bit bearish on santos relative relative to woodside in that trade i think there's a pairs trade there as in you could buy woodside and sell santos so i'm going to stick with my sell rating on this okay. one we've got a target around about that sort of just under six dollar yeah. mark Interesting, Santos came up on Monday on the panel here. Uh, both Mathan and Gora preferred Woodside and Karoon. Okay. And Karoon was the other one that they uh, they like at the moment. So, um, yeah, didn't like Santos. Um, all right, uh, let's get into the stocks so you want us to take a look at. And Carl Halley wants a view on Endeavour Group. Uh, this is um, was spun out of Woolworths, of course, uh, earlier this year, late last year. Um, has sort of BWS in it, Dan Murphy's. It's it's like the the, the Bunnings of uh, of liquor, isn't it? <laughs> <laughs> I've never. Yes, I guess you could you could call it that. Um, that is, if you yeah, if you like to spend a lot of time sort of just wandering through yeah. the aisles, you, you go yeah. in there with no I'm, no no I'm, shopping list or I'm, agenda, and you. Kind I'm more of, an endeavour than a, a Bunnings, I must admit. But anyhow. <laughs> <laughs> fair enough, fair enough. Um, now, uh, look, uh, look, a very defensive business. Yeah. Um, you know, it's obviously good times, bad times. People tend to go, as you say, and hang around those aisles. Uh, but look, uh, you know, you, oh gosh, you'll often hear me come on the show and say, look, it's a great, Jesus, it's a great business. Uh, but I can't buy it because of the chart. Yeah. Look, I do think this is a great business, um, but the other part of me is uh, the other part for me is the valuation. So obviously, I want to get a nice, uh, a growing business. I like the model, but at a reasonable price. This one I think is really expensive. So trading about 28 right. times earnings and without the growth to justify it. So you're looking about 6% compound annual growth over the next three FYs, and that's using 12 broker estimates. So let's assume that's a pretty good spread there and pretty pretty accurate, all things considered. So if you've got 6% compound growth over the next three years, really, I'd say, look, a P of 10, 
12, maybe 15 if it was just the most amazing business I'd be prepared to pay. So 28 times, it makes it really challenging to, 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 to find a, you know, a really um, a, a good valuation on this, a bargain for me uh, based upon my metrics. Okay. Having said that, it's one of those where I look at the chart and I go, the chart's amazing, so yeah. I'm happy to buy it. So it's, it's kind of the opposite, isn't it? It's where I go, well, like the business, don't like the valuation, but the chart's so good, I'm still happy to buy it. We've had this as a buy for a while. I think I've been on the show three times yeah. Now, the last six months, I've added a buy every time. I'm going to stick with a buy today. Okay. All right, Michael? Um, on valuation grounds, I think you would sell it. Um, but given the momentum, I'd be happy to hold it. I wouldn't be putting right. new money to work yep. at the moment. Um, the multiple of trades on is the same as Woolworths these days. And it's been a, a good deal for Woolworths shareholders, the spin-off. Um, I think the combined value of Woolworths and Endeavour is now about $60 billion. At the time of the demerger, it was about $54 million. So. Yep. Investors will be happy with that. About 80% of the revenue comes from the the, the retailing drinks business, um, and about 20% comes from owning pubs and poker machines yep. and things like that. Um, obviously, during lockdowns, they struggled a lot with the pubs, and they sort of saw a big pickup in people drinking at home. Um, that's sort of equaling out a bit at the moment. Uh, their poker machine revenues have been very, very strong. Um, but it's very difficult to see how they can drive you know, extraordinary growth going forward, given they already have a very dominant position in the market. Things like per capita alcohol consumption rates are falling. They do have some value that can be unlocked in some of their underutilized pub sites. Yep. Uh, however, I don't think you can really attribute much to the balance sheet in the near term. It's really out in the never-never that they can really extract that value. So look, for mine, I, again, I'm happy to hold it. It's a very high quality dominant business. Um, it's just that it is very expensive. Uh, and I think that some of the some of the tailwinds that were there for them are now starting to abate a little bit. So happy to hold it, but with a view to getting out of it when the chart does turn. Okay. All right. Speaking of tailwinds, Eve wants a view on Stanmore Coal. Eve says, would love a review of Stanmore after its crazy results last week. Huge lift in revenue. Of course, it runs uh, open-cut coal mines in uh, the Bone and Surat Basins in uh, in Queensland. Um, Michael, what do you think of Stanmore? Um, yeah, it's had a bit going huge, on. Huge, huge result, despite increasing Queensland royalties. Yeah. It knocked its share price around about two months ago. I think the share price even took off before yeah. the results. So I don't know what's, what's going on there. But oh, What are you saying, Michael? <laughs> yeah, I don't know. Are you, are you saying know. that people may have got a bit of a whisper in the markets about this one? <laughs> Possibly. You never know. Uh, and and, well and look where Queensland changed its royalties just before we got into June. It yeah. started to go down, went sideways. And as you see, there was, as you say, there was the spike up. Recently, coals um, come back into vogue in recent times. Mm. Um, they do have a focus on metallurgical coal, which is the main ingredient for steel. Yep. Um, they have had an incredible period to operate in with a lot of material prices going through the roof. Um, the question is, what is the outlook for the coal prices and for the demand for steel? And that's where it becomes a little bit more clouded, I think. So you do have to keep in mind that it's been a wonderful environment for this business. And my belief is it's unlikely to be replicated going forward. There's a chance that it will, but I think it's unlikely, particularly if you consider that the global economy will continue to slow or, or potentially right. will continue to slow. Um, and also what's going on in China at the moment with regards to their construction industry and the amount of steel that China produces and the potential flood of supply that could hit <clears> the market. So just be wary of that. They obviously also had an announcement in the last couple of weeks, if not in the last week, that they've bought the remaining 20% of 
a coal mine. I, I forget the name. I think it's related to BHP, but I'll have to double right. double check on that. Um, and again, that was seen as a positive for them. It does right. increase their So their what resource. would you be doing? Taking profits? I would be selling and, selling and taking right. profits at the okay. moment. Um, Carl, what do you think of Stanmore? Last time you were on, we talked New Hope, I think, was it? And you were making yeah. a distinction like Michael was there. You know, coal's not coal. Um, you know, you've got your thermal, which are New Hope's Whitehaven Terracom do, which goes into energy, and then your metallurgical, like Stanmore, goes into steel, doesn't it? Absolutely, and that is the key to understanding Stanmore. But hey, look, amazing result. Yeah. Uh, you know, it's triple uh, what their what their previous was because you know coal prices have tripled, and that's pretty much the, the story there. But Michael's right. Look, I think it's largely going to be a China story going forward for this one. Uh, so, and don't quote me on these statistics, Koshi. Lies, damn lies, and then the statistics I'm about to give you. Right. So, you know. It, China is about two thirds of the the world's market for for, for, for this metallurgical coal, and then the the steel that this is this coal is used for, it's about two thirds of it goes to the the Chinese property market. And I'm sure a China expert out there is you know coughing up their milk or arrow biscuit in their cup of tea right now. But that give or take, you know, give or take order of magnitude, that's where we're at. So if you believe, um, you know, you believe say the IMF who said that. China's growth in the over the next 12 months is going to be about 3.3 percent, lowest since 1976, and much of that mm. is to do with their ailing property market, zombie companies all over the place. Um, and there's only so much the government, and then a lot of people say, "Oh, yeah, but the government will be able to prop that up." They've been trying to prop it up for years, gosh, it hasn't worked. So I'm concerned about this. Have a look at the price of iron ore as well. You can have a look at the price of met coal. So that topped out about about 6.35 earlier in the year. It plunged to about 200. Think about that. So all we hear, all we hear about coal um, is, is how much coal prices have gone up. Yes, six six thirty five, but down to two hundred on met coal. Whereas thermal coal is still hanging around about that sort of uh, three four hundred mark or high threes fours. So there's a big disconnect here. Um, I can cut this long story very short by saying Stanmore is not my preferred pick in the sector. It hasn't been for a long time. I think it's getting towards the top of the range. Looking at the chart, it's probably more closer to the cell, like Michael says, yep. just on that range basis. And if you like coal, go buy one of the ones you, you spoke about, Koshi. And I'd go uh, Whitehaven is, is WHC, still still the pick. That's number one. Terracom is a very close number two. I just think that needs to catch up to its value. And then New Hope would be third on that list. So any of those three, right. I think, are better than this one. And if you want to um, hedge your bets, uh, Sol Pats has... A big stag in New Hope, don't they? In New, uh, in in a, new Hope, yeah. yeah. In a, I just, I, within a basket. If you want to buy coal, yeah. If you want to buy coal, buy though, coal. just go buy coal, I'd yep. say, yeah. Yep. All right. So I sell on Stanmore, but you still like the thermal coal producers. I still like thermal coal, yep. All right. Okay. Uh, our next stock, um, Mitch wants a view, Carl, on Templum Webster, the online retailer that did... Uh, shot the lights out during lockdown because we were all at yeah. home. We were wanting to buy our homewares and we did them on, online because we got bored with our lounge rooms. We're spending so much in it. And then it got smashed because all of the analysts said, oh, everyone's brought through their spending. But then they um, announced their results this week, just sensational results. So are analysts wrong on retail? 
Oh, analysts don't get it wrong, Koshy. That's yeah, that's a slight against against my fraternity. When do we get it wrong? If, even if we get it wrong, we can always spin it somewhere yeah. and make, make yeah. ourselves sound right. An analyst once said to me, if you've got a forecast, do it so far into the future that when people that get there, they've forgotten what you've said anyhow. So you always give short-term um, uh, forecasts so that you can keep changing your mind. People don't care. Well, look... I- I'm going, to, I'm going to sing to my own hymn book here and say, hey, last time I was on, I said this stock was really, really, really cheap. I also yeah. said I can't buy it because because the chart the was chart terrible. Was terrible. It was terrible, so I couldn't buy it. Uh, but it, look, I've been a little bit vindicated. And here's the thing about Templar Webster. The business actually hasn't changed. So even though obviously they're, they're cycling a, a large bump um, because of the COVID spending, they're, they're still chugging along really, really well. And and compared to, say, pre-COVID, there's this miles and miles ahead, like 55% compound annual growth yeah. uh, since since pre-COVID. So, look, it's, it is a great business. It is, this is the retail business you go to in a, you know, a gangbuster consumer spending environment, all right? This is this is go-to because they don't hold a lot of stock. It's one of those models where um, they're more of a marketplace, really, um, for, for other suppliers. They've got a bunch of really, I mean, their, their social media presence is amazing. And my wife is always on this thing because she's scrolling yeah. down and looking for stuff. Um, and they've just got into uh, uh, Renault's as well. So doing a lot of your um, your, your, your taps and your sinks and, and all that sort of gear. Um, but look, I think that the, their outlook in terms of growth continues to be good. If there is a risk here, it's in that their margins are whisker thin, you know, being an online business, sort of a middleman clipping the ticket. So we're talking about, you know, th- three, it was up to about 3.8% or something. So think about that margin. Mm. So things, things go wrong they can go really horribly wrong and and that's why i think the, the market is discounting them the other thing you mentioned oh, analysts um, went cold on them i'm not so sure i think analysts have been broadly positive what changed koshi was this um oh, the p look up by that chart from 15 no, no, bucks no. to five okay but, but look at the Three timing it's around it's, it's around that lift off in interest rates okay so right. it's, it's one of those um high pe stocks so it's pe's always been around about 100 right and the market over the last, you know, six to nine months, they said, well, we're not doing that anymore. We, we right. don't do hundreds anymore. Yeah. Um, you know, we're, we're more like growth stocks, 40, you right. know. So that has, to, that has to bring the price down. I think that's where we are. But I think we're getting a re-rating back up the other side. I'm happy to go hold. I'm very close to calling it a buy, actually, oh. just on the basis of, of, of the growth. I like the growth. But again, those whisker, whisker thin margins, right. may, maybe there's somewhere what else. Would it, hold what, would it get, what would it have to get to uh, for you to call it a buy? I would say, look, just look at the chart. What I love is when you see these, um, yeah, it has earnings and you get this huge pop. And rather than pulling back real quickly, remember what I talked about with CCL? Yes. I need to see how the market responds yeah. to supply. What we're doing here is we're seeing how the market responds to demand. So when you get that big, um, and the studies prove this, right? You get that big pop up and you don't pull back, it's because there's the market is expecting further gains ahead. So right. it's, it's, it's a well-known fact in US earnings season, you get that gap up, as long as you don't pull back into that gap, you will keep going. Right. Uh, and that's exactly what I want to see here. So a week holding around current levels, and I do think this one will go mm-hmm. high. Okay. Michael? Yes. Look, it's um, a company that's come up a lot in the last yeah. few years yeah. on, on this program. And I think I last spoke about it towards the end of last year. Uh, and it was always that concern around COVID, the pulled forward demand, yep. all that sort of thing, um, whether or not they're going to be able to hold on to their online sales, which had sort of exploded basically hmm. and they haven't been able to to do that which doesn't really come as much of a surprise uh, their recent earnings suggested that they missed on revenue but their earnings beat expectations and 
it, the company's come out and said now that they are going to try and prioritise their margins over sales, which was a shift from what they were doing previously. So that's an interesting change of tact from the company. Um, the business still delivers wonderful numbers, um, but the multiples did get extreme. I think it was like 55 times forward earnings about six, 12 months ago. Um, but the market, as Carl's touched upon, isn't willing to pay for that anymore, particularly when you are starting to see some of those numbers pull back, particularly in the online space where online sales have dropped down 22%. Yep. So it's hard for them to justify that multiple. They're no longer an online business per se. They're going back to a bit more of a traditional um, retailer. Um, so, look, the company still remains good quality. I think it's at a much fairer valuation now. It is surprising that around the peaks, the chairman, the CEO and a key director are all selling shares around that, you know, 10 to $14 range. Um, are they as, back buying? I don't know. Hasn't, right. I haven't mm. noticed just yet. So yeah. that also was a contributing factor for what started to put a bit of pressure on the share price around right. that time. But I do think they are a high quality retailer. I'm just not that keen on them at the moment. I would like to see how they transition into a more normalized environment. So, so I've got a, it's hard to sell it given the trend that it's been on in the recovery, right. but I'll be tempted to, to wait and see if you're gonna so buy, hold, so I'll hold. hold, I'll give it a hold. Right. Okay. All right, uh, Leon wants to view Michael on uh, Jumbo Interactive, the, uh, the online lottery uh, platform, Jumbo is saying, no, nah, it's not just lotteries. Um, it does it for uh, lotteries for charitable groups um, and um, also they're trying to sell the software um, overseas as well, particularly in the, new, in yeah. the United States. Uh, what do you think of Jumbo? It's not a bad business at all, looking at its mm. balance sheet over a long period of time, all those key metrics that I always talk about, like revenue, free cash flow, yep. earnings, margins, uh, return on equity, have all been gradually trending higher over time. But it is one of these companies that was trading on very high multiples. Uh, and as such, given the revaluation of a lot of these companies, it's come back a fair way. But it is something that we do have on our radar um, as a potential pickup. Mm. It's just that we can't bring ourselves at the moment to start chasing some of these high growth companies just yet, just to run sure of where the market is at. But we do think it is a quality business um, and one to definitely keep an eye on. They do generate about 90% of their earnings from the lotteries. Um, they have seen a bit of a deterioration in their results, mainly from customers moving to lower margin or lower priced lotteries rather than some yep. of the bigger ones. Um, but a lot of it also revolves around the jackpots and when there's a big build up in jackpots, it does seem to attract more people yep. as you would expect. So there is a bit of a cyclicality um, around that. but. Look, I'm happy to have it on the watch list, but I'm not willing to give it a buy right. just yet. I'm not going to sell it. So if you do hold it, I think it's worth holding on to yep. um, because there are a lot of attractive features to this business. And as you say, they are starting to look to build up their software as a service type business through selling the platform to other companies and lottery businesses overseas. Yeah. So I think it's a, a decent quality proposition. Okay. Carl, Jumbo Interactive. Yeah, look, I agree with Michael. I don't think I can add a whole lot to his analysis there. I think he's given you a really good description of the the, the business. Um, so it's a software as a service business, high margins around about 50%, about 30% return on equity, 16% compound annual growth rate of the next three FYs, uh, according to the brokers. So look, tick, 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 tick. I just get back to valuation. So I like uh, buying growth stocks at a good price, not easy to do sometimes. Uh, this is sort of High high twenties in terms of the the current PE. It is going to come down with the growth in the business, but I, I just think it's on the high side. Um, our fair value target was thirteen ninety two, which is about um, about where it is. So, 
fully valued and, and then I go to the chart. So I do all that stuff and I say, well, do I like it? Do I, don't, do I not like it? And I go to the chart and the chart looks pretty sick, I'm going to say. So I, I think there is a, a pretty well-established short-term downtrend now, which is turning that long-term downtrend. And I think it's going to, you can see there really from March, isn't it? You can just see how it's just sort yep. of bouncing down. Each time it rallies, it doesn't rally as high. There's not enough demand in the system to push it past the supply that is building. How do I know supply is building? Because those um, those peaks are getting lower. So lower peaks, lower troughs keeps me out. I'm not, look, as much as I think Michael's right with the quality business, I'm going to go to my chart and I'm going to say sell based upon the trend. Okay. All right. Uh, Summer wants a view, um, Carl, on GWA Group, the uh, the bathroom and kitchen fittings business. Uh, when you go yeah. and buy, pay all that money for uh, Caroma or Dorf or any of those <laughs> fittings, maybe you should be a, and you complain about the price, be a GWA shareholder and try and get some of it back. <laughs> yeah, well, possibly. And, and look, and but don't forget the the inputs and the wholesale and and the, and the freight. And the handling, all, all that's going up for them as well. So they've progressively been trying to put their prices up. And so far, the market is is bearing it, right? Because let's face it, um, you know, a lot of these projects, a lot of our renovation projects, um, we, we don't just decide to do one today and then start one tomorrow. A lot of them are already in the system. Yep. So I think there's going to be a bit of flow through for that. But if you look at, um, and again, you know, think tanks and, you know, whatever value you place on them. But um, to be fair, this is from the company's own forecast. Uh, They're expecting a big, big turndown uh, in alterations and additions, they call it, which is your renovations. So about 11,000, you know, starts uh, currently, and they expect that that's going to fall to, I'm just looking at the graph here, to around about 8,000 starts, give or take, all right? So order order of magnitude, yeah, you know, 20, 30% coming off and, and and that's that's about 60% of their business yeah okay so th- I think this is a bit of a, a bit of a, a risk here for GWA um, the other risk is something uh, like a Templar website with uh, their the build um, website which is effectively doing all the same stuff and we just did a big um, kitchen reno Koshi and I was on the t- uh, you know doing my due diligence for the call I was on the, um, the the Templar Webster site and they've got all the stuff that we just bought um, but without the label on it, right. and for a fraction of the price. So it's just it's it basically looks like all the stuff I just put in my kitchen, like identical. Um, it's all the latest you know designer stuff, but just hasn't got the brand. It's about a third of the price. Right. So may, maybe you know that's that's you know, they're going to be a potentially a bit large competitor for uh, for GWA. Look, long long story short, I don't I'm not keen on the business. I'm not keen yeah. on the valuation. Uh, I think it is fully valued here, and the chart's a bit ho hum as you can see right there. Okay. So um, this is about uh, you know where I would put my money, and if I if I was looking to allocate, I wouldn't allocate here. It's also about viewers saying, oh, I've got GWA. What should I do with it? And honestly when i look at all of these um you know the fundamentals and the technicals i have to say sell right okay must admit we put our renos off because we couldn't believe the increase in, in building costs so we just put it off for a year and wait until it all settles down i'm in all, the same boat actually yeah, yeah. for some bathrooms yeah yeah i oh, know it's, it's outrageous incredible. i've got a son-in-law who's a um quantity surveyor and he said just wait for a year it'll all come down <laughs> yeah. again 30 30 percent um so what do you reckon of gwa michael it's um, a business that a lot of people would be familiar with, at least a lot of the brands, yeah. like yeah. Corona, whether it's a new house or an old house. It's one of those brands that feels like it's been around for forever. Yep. Um, so they do have a lot of good relationships within the industry with plumbers, etc. cetera. Um, but this is a company that is fighting a new entrant into the market. Um, Carl mentioned Temple and Webster, but the biggest sort of company in the world, a company called Rocker, 
has grand plans for the Asia-Pacific region yeah. and they're really trying to target Australia. Um, so that obviously puts a lot of competitive pressure. Margins, you would think, would already be coming mm -hmm. under pressure given what's happening with the housing market and potential building approvals looking out three, six, 12 months. Um, they also conducted an acquisition of a business, I forget the name, but it was pretty much at the top of the cycle acquisition. So the market, I think, has some concerns around whether they overpaid for that and right. whether they're gonna be able to extract the value that they were hoping to. Um, they have also tried to adjust um, the inventory um, in, a, in order to in avoid the worst of inflation, if you like. But what that's done is it's, it's increased their leverage significantly. So the inventory's up, leverage is up, um, as they hope to sort of pre-buy to avoid increasing right. prices down the track. Um, that can be a good thing if it comes off. It can also be bad if you're just sitting on this inventory, not generating any return on that money. So. That's what I think the market has a few questions. Um, I'm with Carl, I couldn't buy this at the moment. In fact, I'd have a sell. That downward trend now has been going on for over a year, maybe even yeah. a year and a half. So I don't see the urgency to buy something okay. like this. Let's recap the, uh, the uh, first five stocks, two stocks of the day, uh, CSL a hold from both Carl and Michael. Uh, Santos, uh, no from Carl, a yes from Michael. Uh, Endeavour, a hold from Michael, um, a buy on the charts from Carl, Stanmore, a sell from both, Temple and Webster, a hold from both, uh, Jumbo, a hold, sort of uh, watch from, uh, uh, from Michael, a sell from Carl, and both of them have a sell on GWA. Here on the call, we have been following our own High Conviction Fantasy Fund as picked by our investment committee, the latest episode of the committee meeting. It's live for you to watch on ausbiz.com uh, as we went into August. Uh, Ordinate was removed by the committee, took some profits there. Oz Minerals was added. They also upped their holding in, uh, in Woodside. So, uh, so far since the 1st of March, since inception, it is up 4%. So keep your requests coming through here on the call because uh, that's the first filter up to the investment committee. At CMC, we've been in the game for a while, and although a lot of things have changed, our mentality hasn't. We aim to give experienced traders the best trading experience, like our expert platform with its second-to-none trading tools, plus our pricing is completely transparent. That's why people who've been trading for a long time stay with us for a long time. So if you're serious about trading, switch to the market leader trusted for over 30 years. Trade CFDs your way at cmcmarkets.com. You don't own underlying assets. Consider relevant PDS and TMD or information memorandum for CMC Pro accounts at our website. Uh, this half hour, we're going to be taking a look at Webjet, Optia, SG Fleet Group, Ragusa Minerals and Health Co. Um, first up, uh, Carl Bryan wants a view on Webjet, the online travel agent. Yeah, we talked about travel at the start of the show, didn't we? Um, uh, Michael's been away, I've been away. And, and, and there's a lot of pent up demand down. Oh, it's anecdotal, but I bet you know somebody who's just recently been on holiday or about to go on a holiday or yourself, you've got one uh, in the system. So we want to get out there uh, and, 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 you know, go and have experiences, don't we? Real world experiences out in the world with our families. It's, you know, I think it's a fantastic thing. And Webjet, obviously, well-placed to take advantage of that. And they are starting to, to do that again. So they're back to uh, cash flow positive. They're forecasting profitability again. In fact, uh, I'm just looking at my numbers here. We are going to get back to profitability in FY23, and that's a March uh, year end, okay? So the current 
year we're in, we should earn about 13.6 cents a share, which will put us on a forecast PE, mind you, forecast, still some risk in that, of about 39 times. And that's kind of where this breakdowns for me. For me. So I, I can see some great, great growth uh, in Webjet going forward, certainly on consensus numbers. We're looking we're talking about 27% compound annual growth rate for the next three years in earnings. It's just kind of getting it at the right price. Um, it's not far away. Look, I, I don't think that it's terrible value here. I think it, it, it's about fair value. I think that's my point. Um, so not exactly a bargain. And then I go to the chart and I say, well, am I getting a bargain? Not really, but I, I like the business, not getting a bargain. What does the market say? And the market says, look how flat that is. Market's kind of agreeing with me, isn't it? Saying, well, yeah, we, we like Webjet perhaps, but we're just not prepared to pay much higher than where it is right now. And that's the problem. So on that basis, oh, if I, you know, I, although I wouldn't allocate money to it right now, personally, I'm trying to think for the viewers who own it, what, what should they do? Well, that's tricky. Uh, I'm going to squeak in with a hold just on the basis that there is some great growth. If the market starts to sort of give it a higher a higher multiple and chase those those travel stocks, it might uh, get some love. Uh, but I think, Koshi, the best one in the sector is Ardent Leisure Group. So that's that ALG. I think that's the nicest chart. Viewers should go and dial that up on their platform and have a look at that chart. It's bottom left, top right. Okay. All right. Uh, Michael? Yeah, Webjet. Um, we own Webjet. We've owned it for probably a year and a half, two years almost now. It hasn't done much in that time. Um, but we still have faith in the company. We do think they're going to come out of this period stronger than many of their competitors. Um, their online business is growing 1.7 times the, the market. So you can see that they are winning market share. And it is apparent that revenue is kind of lagging the activity that we're seeing at the moment. Capacity, particularly out of Australia to overseas markets, hasn't really picked up or recovered to pre-COVID levels. In fact, it's not even close. It's about 50% meant to get up to 60% in the next few months. So there's still a lot of uplift to come through. Their balance sheet's in a lot better situation now after the big capital raising that they did. They are turning cash flow positive, expected to return to earnings positive. This was a business that had a very good balance sheet leading into COVID. It had like, you know, five years of consistent growth in a lot of those key metrics. There is a school of thought out of there uh, around town that the market caps back to where it was pre-COVID because of yep. the, the big capital raising that they did. However, the market cap should really get a, get back to whatever the value of the company was pre-COVID plus that cash that they raised, you would think, mm. yep. um, in time if they can deliver. And we, we think that they will over time um, really start to show some good numbers again. It just needs a more normalised environment for them to, to prove that. Um, so we're happy holders at these levels. It kind of needs a catalyst. Um, either a very strong update or something like that to really get the momentum back into the share price. Because as Carl points out rightly, it's just been flatlining now for a while. Um, and I think the market's just been sitting and waiting to see how the global travel market does recover and whether Webjet's able to yep. start to look a bit more healthy again. And, and the signs for us are there, but I think the market just needs something to kick it right. into action. So happy you to have a hold? I'm or? happy to have a long-term buy on it, but... In a the, long-term buy. Well, like, okay. yeah, I mean, in there's, the, the, there's the long-term there, Koshi. <laughs> Talked about that. Well, in the short term, I mean, I don't know what's going to happen. There's a very good right. chance that it's just going to continue to flatline. Right. But if it does come out with an interesting set of numbers, yep. um, then it can take off from there. So you, pardon the pun. Right, Carl, you're, you're, you're a no on the, on the charts, aren't you? I'm a hold. I like look. I like the business. I love the growth in yeah. it, but I need to see a little bit of momentum. So yeah. when the market starts to agree with me, hey, I'm all over it. Okay. All right, Michael uh, Enjo wants a view on Optia, the uh, 
this is sort of a, a med tech therapies for, for retinal disease, um, uh, age-related macular degeneration. That's its area and it has a product in there. Um, share price took a real tumble earlier in the week as they, they announced a, um, an issue. A share issue, raise more yes, money? Yes, um, it seems like they've secured funding, yep. um, which is good in a non-dilutative manner, which is always pleasing for those investors who have probably forked out a number of times as this company looks to go through the clinical trial process. Yeah, phase three, they're saying. Yeah, too, phase three, so they're getting close. Hopefully getting to the end. Yep. They're getting close. Um, I must admit, it's not a company I'm familiar with. You do have to read a lot into these results and what the previous results have been to try and build your confidence in the company and I must admit I haven't done that so look with all these things you always hope that they can deliver some life-changing treatments to people Um, but do be careful that even stage three occasionally they can get knocked off their perch and the share price can come tumbling back to earth fairly quickly. Um, It's sort of a binary decision. That's right. (laughs) So one that I have been involved in years ago now is a company called Surtex and that was really a a ride. Um, Even when they eventually made it to stage three that got knocked back but then they came back again and then finally had the wording slightly changed around that and they took off again so there'll be a lot of ups and downs as the news flow comes out and as the sentiment increases Um, but it is a good sign that they do have funding i think some of it might be contingent on the results as well should they be um what the company's looking for but from my standpoint it's a binary outcome very high risk so not for everyone I mean, I can give it a sell just because I wouldn't invest in it, but you can hold it, just expect that you could potentially lose 50, 60, 70% just like right. that should those results miss. Otherwise, you could make two, three times right. your money. But it's a bit high, high risk, high risk for me, so yeah. it's a no-go. Uh, Carl? Yeah, I agree. It's high risk. So it's about finding the right investor for the right company. And this is not going to suit everybody. But, you know, we've got a bunch of clients at Thick Markets. Koshi, they love this stuff. They love biomeds and med techs and uh, mining. And I wouldn't say their whole portfolio, some of them do, but their whole portfolio is all this stuff, right? Don't get me wrong. Some some clients, that's all they want. Hey, good luck to them. Hmm. But we've got a bunch of clients. They've got all their boring stuff. And then they want to have a little bit of fun with the other stuff with a bit of money uh, on the side right and this falls into that category it's one we've been watching for a while because it's just starting to turn up on the chart so we go back and we go well is there a business case there so chart first turns up uh oh is this something to look at you go back and and yes there is some risk with their phase three trials but the the evidence so far is just so strong and they've actually got fast track fda approval as well so the fda is seeing enough in there enough evidence that look i wouldn't say it's a formality that's silly Um, um, but by the end of next year, I think it is when these results will, will come through, um, you know, sort of early 2024, um, they reckon that fast track could, could get them selling this stuff by 2025. And it is quite a step change in terms of the treatment mm. for your um macular de- degeneration all right so it, and it, it, it's it, it's a problem um it's an aging problem koshi yep. so the market's only getting bigger for this and it's not getting smaller right and the treatment they have is complementary to a lot of other treatments out there um and uh, you know it, it's it's it improves your vision so a lot of the treatments at the moment are, are trying to um, prevent further decline this yep. actually improves your vision so yep. it's about uh, three or four letters on on your chart right you know you Tell me what you see. Yeah. You know, improvement at three or four letters better uh, after this treatment wow. than before. 
So it's substantial. Um, and there's there's very little competition in this space when they get to market. So look, I think there's something here, okay? But you don't want to be on the, I think there's something here when nobody else sees it. And that's where the chart comes in. And I think the chart's starting to turn up. I think just keep an eye on this one. Um, as I said, we've been watching it. I think if it can close, say, above 140, it's going to tell me that there's enough momentum now to upgrade this to buy the market starting to look at it. Hey, maybe it's a little bit far out. That's my only concern. If we were six months away from that phase three, I'd be a lot more excited. We're about 18 months away. You get where I'm going with this? Like yep. the market can get really bored with these things in the meantime. So I'm going to go hold, nothing for a hold, watch it for a buy. Okay. All right. Um, now something a bit bit less sexy, a bit more boring. <laughs> Rihanna, Rihanna wants a view, uh, uh, Carl, on SG Fleet Group, as the name implies. It's in the fleet management, uh, car fleet management for, for companies, um, sort of financing cards, registration, fuel cards, reporting, all that sort of stuff. Uh, Australia, New Zealand and the UK. What do you think of SG Fleet? Yeah, look, a little bit more on the boring spectrum as it compared to the last one, but some decent growth in the business. And, you know, it's, it's a pretty exciting uh, time for them, all sorts of things going on with COVID, obviously, because uh, your used car prices have gone through the roof. So you, can, you imagine the whole point of this business is you, you buy a new car effectively, uh, and then somewhere down the track, you know, you, you have to give it back, and then SG Fleet will sell sell that in the used car market, right? So they've had this huge spike uh, in earnings on the back of, of that. Balancing that out, of course, is the fact that... Um, New cars are harder to get as well, okay, and uh, that that's a whole whole other issue. Um, but otherwise, a pretty, I think, a pretty defensive business. If the economy turns down, um, you're probably less likely to buy a car up front. You're more likely to lease it or, or look for a package or something with your employer. Um, there is some a regulatory risk. I know that's always bandied around with these sorts of companies because we all remember what happened back in uh, what a mid 2000, uh, 2010s, wasn't it? Labor, uh, Macmillan, Shakespeare, that big drop when they were going to change the, the arrangements there. Um, well, we've got a Labor government again, you, you never know. Um, so look, on balance, uh, it's, it's, a, it's a tough one. I don't think it's the worst one out there is what I'm saying. I think there's a, there's a good business. Um, the chart, here I go, the chart, I always stumble on the chart, don't I? I can get to I can see how it's just perking up there towards the end. I can get mm-hmm. to a hold because I think that trend is improving. But also look at that big middle bit around February, yeah. um, so, and and then look at the stuff on in September, October. So what happens is, when when a, when a company has got when a company has those sort of downturns, there's a bunch of people who got stuck in it at those prices, right? And 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 when the price goes down, they regret that decision. So if we get back towards that price, some of those people, not all of them, will want to sell and get out. So I say this potentially supply at that level so around that 290 so um i can look i I, i'll go hold but not quite a buy okay michael um it's again a a boring a a more boring type company providing uh, big fleets to corporates and government agencies etc um it's just its balance sheet isn't that good and you can see it really in the charts there over the last five years Earnings per shares decline, dividend per shares decline. They've taken on a lot of debt recently. I have to look into it. It's probably to do with an acquisition of some sort. Um, but it's never that exciting for me when I see those key things deteriorating. Um, return on equity is another one. You might be starting to see a little bit of life come back into the share price because the recent earnings update exceeded expectations. So potentially they're starting to make the most of this environment and they're starting to see revenue and earnings growth and everything like that kick in again. Um, so that will ultimately, I think, drive the, the share price growth from here. But it's whether or not they can continue to deliver that growth 
compound year after year. And over the last five years, it hasn't really been a quality performer, just looking at its balance sheet. So for that reason, I think there's better alternatives and I'm going to go and sell. Okay. All right. Uh, Jack wants a view on um, Ragusa Minerals. Is that how you pronounce it, Carl? Um, Yes. uh, The um, um, gold sort of exploration and has a gold mine project in Zimbabwe. Jack says shares are going gangbusters. Is it too late to jump in or is this just the start of a good thing, Carl? Yeah, they're going up again today. I'm just downloading my data to see what they're, they're at at the moment. Um, so, the, okay, the big deal about this, Koshi, because you talked about gold and they've got a gold project and uh, a kaolin uh, project, uh, which is basically sort of a mineral clay uh, that you use in various ceramics and other applications uh, over here in WA. But the big thing for them in May, they picked up this uh, this batch of lithium tenements in the Northern Territory and uh, two or three of them uh, in the north of where they've picked them up are next door to Core Lithium's oh. Finnis project, right? Oh. So that's that's the excitement. So and Core co- Lithium's chart. been on a roller coaster this week. I know, Everybody was, loves call lithium, yeah. right? So now, so um, have a look at the chart. To get the, to get the chart up, there's that huge spike in May. That's when they uh, picked up some tenements. And then we're on another spike now it's because they've just picked up a few more to the south of that. But there's, there's, there aren't any sort of major goings on in, in those ones. But what they, what they did find, uh, they're a bowling ball, quote unquote, bowling ball um, chunk of spodumene, Koshi, just oh. lying around. And that's why the market's getting so excited. Um, <laughs> what? But, more than one bowling ball, hopefully. Was, no, just one. Just no, one. Just one. Oh. Just literally one. <laughs> on the ground, just uh, on top of the just, just a, crust. Just a big chunk of spodumene. So if you know what spodumene is, it's, it's, the, it's the host mineral uh, of the lithium, right? right. So you've got your hard rock yep. lithium. That's what these guys lithium are doing. Uh, and then you've got your lithium brines. That's what all Kim are doing, mm. okay? So mm-hmm. you your PLS, your IGO, uh, mineral resources, they're hard rock, okay? Hard rock's Australian lithium. Now, here's here's the deal. This is the funniest thing. Gosh, I I love this stuff. Um, So basically, they've got these tenements which have some historical workings, but not a lot else. So they're quite unquote, they did a desktop assessment, right? Desktop assessment of the historical workings. They they, they had a look at some rock sampling. So is that what we're doing here? A desktop (laughs) sampling? I'll tell you what. This, this is the early stage stuff you get. So, right. so when you do you do your mining, right, you, 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 rock sampling means you literally walk out there with uh, those little hammers they have right. and you chip rocks off, off, off the side of a, a cliff and you take it back and you, and you assay it. Right. So that's what they've done. They've done some, um, some geophysical stuff, it's, but it's so early stages. Right. We are so far away from them being even close to being up to say what we've got in the ground. Right. They're not, they are not haven't even started drilling this thing yet and they're running out of time. So they need okay. to get it done this wet season, which finishes in October. If they slip that, it'll go to May. Bottom line is there is so much hype built into this stock based upon some really, really early stage stuff. I'm not saying this isn't going to be quote unquote the next core lithium, Koshi. I'm not saying that, but my gosh, so much can happen before we get there. And with the share price nudging those highs in, in, in May, I think take advantage, take advantage of these high prices sell some you don't have to sell right. it all if you're a true believer and you love that bowling balls piece of spodumene <laughs> but take some profits here and you can always buy back a little bit a little bit cheaper right. is where i think it's going to go before we even 
get close to any drilling results, any All actual right. drilling results coming out of this thing. All right. Take profits. And Michael, this is classic WA. Like, yeah, well, I'm getting excited <laughs> just sitting here. I need to curb my enthusiasm. This, this started right back with Poseidon. <laughs> this is the problem, right? Everyone gets very excited by yeah, this yeah. early stage, and that's just human nature. But at some point, you've got to try and rationalise yeah, yeah. it. Yeah. Um, so, sorry, Michael. It's cap- capital raise as well. It's got capital raise written all over it. I, yeah, I that, can't believe that the documents are on somebody in, in, in this St George's Terrace right now. There's somebody's desk has the documents on it for a capital yeah, raise. Absolutely. Yeah. It's hard for me to add much more. Carl's obviously across it a lot more than I am. It does sound very he, exciting. His office is across the road from the guy who has the raise documents across on Across the desk. road, across the hallway probably. Yeah. The, there's only a few buildings in WA. <laughs> <laughs> but anyway, it's not. It's look. It's not for me, and I'll right. probably echo yep. Carl's sentiments there. That it's probably worth locking some in because it has gone right. parabolic, doubled in a couple of weeks, if not a yep. week or something. Yep. Um, and a capital raising, you can almost put your house on. Uh, okay. All right. Final stock. Simon wants a view, uh, um, Michael, on uh, on the uh, Healthco, which is the healthcare and wellness uh, REIT property REIT. Um, which owns a portfolio of commercial health and wellness real estate assets. What do you think of? Yeah, I mean, it's uh, it's HomeCo was the original. Yeah, um, this is a spin-off. This is a spin-off like... of purely health-related assets. Yeah. And surprisingly, all, well, not surprisingly, but all the healthcare REITs historically on the ASX have been gobbled up. Um, oh. I remember there's one called Generation Healthcare a few years ago, which we had clients into. That ended up getting bought out because they're very attractive for a lot of private equity and for super funds, et cetera, because of the reliability of the tenants. So I could see the attraction of something like this. It pays a decent yield. Um, The management have been pretty aggressive. They are looking to sort of expand, double the business size within three years or so. Um, They have seen an uplift in the NTA in recent years as well. So there's a lot to like about this business. If you are looking for a boring type REIT, which right. gives you pure exposure to the healthcare space. So a lot of investors out there would like the idea of that. Um, and, I, and I think that it can do well over time, given this exposure. And it also might be some interest snapping around from an acquisitive standpoint. So from I'm happy to give this one a buy, but just do be cautious that property valuations could come down a little bit as these high interest rates go okay. through the system. But they've got long-term leases. Um, I have to double check and see the component that it indexed to inflation. That's a big thing in this environment. They don't carry a lot of debt at all. Um, so it's not highly leveraged, which is also a good thing for a REIT in okay. this rising interest rate environment. All right. Um, Carl, what do you think of healthcare? A lot of these REITs are, are trading at big discounts too, aren't they? Yeah, this one's about two. Yeah, two hundred one is the NTA of this one, and it's quarter. It's kind of about one eighty. I think it can probably converge on that. It, 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 Michael's right. It's not your average sort of rate because it doesn't have a lot of debt slash any debt. Yeah. Um, it's just done a big uh, asset sale as well. To answer uh, Michael's question, sixty-seven percent of its uh, leases are set at three percent, and that's a little bit of a problem. 33% linked to CPI. So your problem is CPI is so much higher right. than your classic yeah. 3%. You know, if anybody a few years ago said, oh, look, what should we what should we use? They go, oh, well, 3%, that's about inflation long-term, right? Okay, so the, the right. bulk of their portfolio, they can't get the, the increases, 
that they're getting on that, the, the rest of it, and but their costs are potentially going up CPI. So a okay. little bit of an issue. I think it's a minor one. I do like this one though, Koshi. I think it, I think it's, it's it's one of the better ones out there in the REIT space, of which we're not a huge fan of at the moment, but I think there's a little bit of a diamond in the rough here. Okay. Uh, I can't quite get to a buy. I'm a solid, solid oh. hold, but the, cha- <laughs> the chart that. just needs a little... I was getting excited, I know, man. <laughs> I know. The chart, I think the chart needs a little bit more work, but um, okay. I think I can see it getting up to two bucks. It's a dollar Already, I can see you get to two. You've got about a four percent unfranked yield. It's been doing okay. it all day between yeah. OPT and RAS. <laughs> it's been, and it's all been a bit of a tease, doesn't it? Has it been. goes from one to the other. Uh, Carl, always good to catch up, mate. Thank you so much for your time on the call today. Tired of ads barging into your favorite news podcasts? Good news: ad-free listening is available on Amazon Music for all the music plus top podcasts included with your Prime membership. Stay up to date on everything newsworthy by downloading the Amazon Music app for free or go to amazon.com slash news ad free. That's amazon.com slash news ad free to catch up on the latest episodes without the ads. Thanks, Josh. Good idea. Fun today. Uh, Michael, good to see you too. Thanks. Good to be back. See you next um, let's uh, recap the final five stocks. Uh, Webjet, uh, long-term buy from Michael, a, a hold. Otherwise, it's a hold from Carl uh, uh, as well. Uh, Optia, no from Michael, a hold from Carl on the charts. If it got above $1.40, it would be a good thing for it. SG Fleet, a hold from Carl, a sell from Michael. Um, Ragusa, take profits. Uh, it's on a tear at the moment. And... Uh, Health Co, a hold from Carl and a buy from Michael. Carl is always tipping over for a buy, uh, but not quite at the moment. Um, that's it for the call for today on uh, on this Wednesday. If you've got any stocks that you'd like me to put to our expert panels each day, put them in an email to call at ausbiz.com.au or tweet us using the at TV handle. If you want to see all the stocks in the Calls Fantasy portfolio, head to ausbiz.co forward slash uh, portfolio and also don't forget the latest investment committee meeting is on the platform for you to have a look at too. Uh, see you same time tomorrow at midday Eastern Standard Time for another edition of the call. More of Ausbiz coming up after this. <laughs>